just truly a joy to serve at the Impact Center. I had no idea. We feel like we come away far more blessed than even the people who come. I love most about serving in Bibleopolis is just the impact that we can make on the kids and seeing them grow in their faith. I love how this church loves on our family. All of that love pours into our family. And then from that, we can pour ourselves into others through service. The sooner you can start a child in serving and understanding the importance of serving, even if they do it incorrectly, it shows them an example of how to live. When you go and serve, it's about someone else. Well, good morning. Welcome to Mount Pleasant. I guess uh, when it comes to introductions, you just take what you can get. Um, I'm glad that I get the opportunity to be here with you today as we continue our Love Your Church series. Uh, if you're new here, uh, this is a, a special seven-week series we're using to kick off the new year uh, to really just drive home the importance of the local church and our role within the local church. Uh, if you're interested, you can go back and listen to the other messages uh, in this series and, and get yourself all caught up pretty easily. Uh, this series is inspired by a book named Love Your Church. It's the same title written by a man named Tony Merida. Uh, and in that book, what he does is he describes uh, a number of things and he uses the words both, he uses the words responsibility, but also privilege to describe them. And these are things for church members, things that should describe us, things that we should value, things that we uh, need to have part of our daily lives if we're going to be active members of our local church, if we really truly are going to love our church. Uh, during the first week, we kicked things off by talking about belonging, and we spent a lot of time looking at what it means, you know, what, what the difference is uh, to, to belong to a local church versus just attend a local church and how there is a distinction there. And we talked about the importance of gathering together for church, gathering consistently for worship, for prayer, for being equipped, you know, just a few examples. We moved and we talked about welcoming others into the church and what that looked like. And last week, we spent our time together talking about caring for one another. And, and really, it's that responsibility and privilege of caring for one another that really leads us into what I get the chance to talk to you about today, which is the importance of serving in his book, Love Your Church, there's just a chapter on service. And the first sentence that we see in that book reads, followers of Christ are not spectators in the church, but servants in the church. And I love that sentence for a lot of reasons. I hope you appreciate it as well this morning. Uh, but I read that, and you know, I, I hear in those words echoes of week one when we spent so much time talking about the importance of belonging to a church and, and the difference between, you know, just being a part of a community versus actually belonging to that community and what that looks like. You know, I think, I think that our level of participation is often a big factor in how we would define ourselves as part of a community. We have to realize that God calls us to more than just watching. He calls us to doing. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a, a truth when it comes to life, when it comes to, you know, kind of options that we have. You can either spend your time watching someone else do something, or you can strive to do something worth watching. And when it comes to serving, we need to strive to be active participants in that. 
Several weeks ago, our staff at Mount Pleasant, we went on a retreat. It was a real quick overnight event. We had a guest speaker. It was a really great experience. I know my dad has mentioned it already. I'm sure that if you've gotten the chance to talk to some of the other staff who were there, they've, they've mentioned uh, something to you about it uh, one way or another. Uh, but on the last day, my dad got up in front of the staff and he gave uh, a devotion to all of us. And you know, this is obviously just a room full of men and women who are employed here at Mount Pleasant. And one of the first things that he said to us was, the most significant thing any of us are called to do is serve Jesus by serving people. We cannot lose sight of the simplicity of serving that we see in the scripture. And he read a little bit from the gospel of Mark and then he said, all any of us are ever going to be called to do is serve Jesus by serving people. And the reason that I, I share that with you today and the reason I talk about us hearing that as part of our staff retreat is because I firmly believe that this is just as true for each and every one of you listening to me today as it is for the people on staff here at this church. This is something that applies to all of us. That's what you're going to hear me say over and over again in our time together today when it comes to service. This is something that applies to all of us. I know that working on staff at a church is a unique position. It puts me in a unique situation when it comes to a lot of these uh, elements, these things that we're talking about in this series. But that does not, that does not make my call to serve and your call to serve any different on a foundational level. It just doesn't. Uh, you know, we may live out this calling in different ways. We may do it at different times. It's probably going to look differently in our lives. But whether we're on staff or not on staff, we are all of us called to embrace the privilege of serving others. Uh, you can go ahead, go ahead and, and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to read a passage from there in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to let you know that Honestly, today's sermon, for the most part, it's going to be pretty straightforward when it comes to uh, when it comes to this topic. And because of that, I'm just going to reiterate over and over again that this is something that applies to all of us. And, and now, listen, I know that I can say that today, and you can hear that, and your reaction might be, "Well, yeah, but that's true about everything that we've talked about so far. That's probably going to be true about everything that we're going to talk about in this series." And you would be absolutely correct. We are, all of us, called to belong, we're called to gather, we're called to welcome, we're called to care. But the reason I really want to take this moment and clearly say this in regards to serving and how it applies to all of us is because when it comes to serving, people tend to have a different attitude about it than they do about other privileges, the other things that we've talked about in this series because when it comes to serving, maybe you've heard people say this, maybe you've even thought this sometimes, I'm not trying to pick on anyone, but when it comes to serving, what can happen a number of times is people start to throw around that great, uh, that great church word, calling. You know, they, they hear about an opportunity, whether it's a, a, an event or a trip, and you know, someone talks to them about it, hey, we need, we need help with this, would you be willing to serve? And, and people start to say things like, well, I just don't know that I'm called to that right now. Or I need to go and I need to pray and find out if this is where God is calling me. Uh, my first job, my first job out of Bible college was being a middle school pastor. Uh, where, where I was uh, down in, in the DFW Metroplex, it, that just meant seventh and eighth graders because of the way that the school system was set up there. Uh, but that church in Texas, it must have been, it must have been in one way or another, a very blessed place because 
there did not seem to be anyone more in tune with God's calling in their lives than the adults I talked to about serving with me in the middle school ministry. You know, you go up to them, hey, we need volunteers. You've got a kid in, in this age group. We're, we're gonna go to summer camp. We're gonna go on a mission trip. We're gonna have this, this event. You know, I, I need youth coaches. I need people to help me make an impact in the lives of these uh, kids. You know, this is a very important, very formative age. But they just seem to have this direct line to what God did or didn't want them to do. And the thing that was always so weird to me is that God always seemed to tell them not to work with me. I just don't know that I feel called to spend time with seventh and eighth graders right now. Really? You too? <laughs> Something about that just didn't seem quite right. But that's why I'm, I'm just kind of cutting through all the suspense, for lack of a better way of describing it, and telling everyone listening to me that no matter who you are, where you are, how old you are, if Jesus is your savior, you've been called to serve. Now, for me, when I hear the word serve or when I hear someone talking about service, um, my mind immediately goes to some sort of mission trip, some sort of event where we travel either to another country or even overseas or to another state and we, we either lead some kind of camp or work on some kind of project. That's where my mind goes. I don't know why. That's just immediately what springs forth in my imagination. Maybe, maybe for you, you hear the word serve and you immediately think of something like our impact center when it comes to you know, the food and clothing ministry that we're a part of with that. Uh, maybe for others, you hear serve and you think, well, Bibleopolis. Uh, maybe you, you hear serve and you think greeter. Here's the thing. None of those, none of those are wrong places for our minds to go. And this is because there are so many ways that we can serve, so many ways that we can serve in our local church. I mean, you, you heard it in MPTV. If you were here last week, you saw it because they've been set up. Uh, you know, this is the second week they've been set up. But right now in the commons, once service is over, you can go out those doors, head straight in the commons, turn to your left. There's going to be a table set up. You can talk to volunteers. You can get a, a card. You can scan a QR code on it. And you can learn about at least a dozen different ways you can serve. And I'm saying this because there are so many ways that all of us can serve in the local church. And when we serve, we have the ability to make a significant impact on the people around us, on the community around us. So what I want us to do in our time together today is just look at three things when it comes to service. And like I said, uh, and like I'm going to keep saying, all of these apply to us. No matter who we are, how old we are, where we are in our spiritual walk, they all apply to us. And so the first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the grace of God, then we're gonna talk about the gifts of God, and finally, we're gonna talk about glorifying God. And as we do each week, if you're able, would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? I'm gonna read Romans 12, verses one through nine. It's not a long section, but it's not a short section either, and I, I wanna go ahead and let you know right now that I'm, I'm not uh, gonna go verse by verse through this passage. What we're gonna do is use this passage to draw from when it comes to especially the first two uh, things I wanna spend our time talking about today. I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation. You can follow along while I read aloud. Romans 12, starting in verse one. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we, are all, we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Thank you. You can be seated. We always ask for God to bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Well, the first thing that we're going to talk about, so if you want to take notes, you can write this down is just the grace of God, the grace of God. This is the first thing that we see referenced in Romans 12. If you remember our series through the book of Romans not too long ago, or if you're just a student of the Bible, then you know that Romans 12 marks something of a turning point in Paul's letter. Because from here on out, Paul begins to really focus on uh, what we could just call practical Christian living. And, you know, one of the reasons that he waits until so far into the letter to start to really focus on this is because he wants his readers, he wants the people at the church in Rome to fully understand their motivation for living this Christian life that God has called them to. This is because, and and, and this is something that we know, but I want to reiterate it, our motivation for doing something is vitally important. You know, our motivation, what, whatever it is that drives us internally, it really, it defines us, and it's what's on the inside that God looks at to get a true sense of who we are. Are we motivated by love and compassion, or are we motivated by pride? Are we motivated by, by mercy and grace, or are we motivated by insecurity? These are all important things for us to think about. Do you ever spend any amount of time really thinking about why you do the things you do? What drives you? Or do you just sort of react? And we can't talk about this without talking about those great words that God speaks to the prophet Samuel when he's looking for the next king of Israel. The prophet Samuel, he goes uh, to the house of Jesse and he sees this man and just by looking at him, he thinks, this is the guy. He, he sees Jesse's oldest son and he thinks, this is what a king looks like. But then God says to Samuel, he says, don't judge by his appearance or height for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is just as true today as it was back then. This is just as true for you and me as it was for the sons of Jesse that Samuel was looking at. I want to read one more time our our first verse in Romans, Romans 12, verse 1. Paul writes, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Well, the question we can ask right now is, you know, well, what is the grace of God? In our context today, for this message, the grace of God is our motivation to serve. 
This, this simple and this powerful truth is the reason that I can stand up here today and tell every one of you with confidence that if you have Jesus as your Savior, then on some level or another, you have been called to serve. And it is so important for us to, to recognize that our motivation to serve springs from what Jesus has already done for us. This is because of the grace that we have already experienced. This is one of the things that makes our service selfless, that makes it genuine. We're not called to serve just so that we can look good doing it. We're not called to serve in order to, to make up for the sins, for the bad things in our lives. No amount of service can, can cover or erase the sins that we've committed. Neither are we called to serve in, in order to try and earn a spot in heaven. We can't serve enough to, to rack up enough good deeds or good points or whatever you want to call them to be worthy of a relationship with God. Our chief motivation to serve as believers is born out of the grace of God we have experienced through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And the point that Paul is making here in Romans 12.1 is that we are called to serve and we're called to give our whole self to God. Everything that makes us who we are. We're, we're supposed to put all of our weight on him and trust him. It's not always an easy thing to do. If you read Romans 12, 1 in the New International Version, when you get to the end, when you get to the end of verse 1, it'll be rendered this way. It'll, says, it'll say, this is your spiritual act of worship. And I love the way uh, Tony Merida talks about this in his book because he writes, spiritual worship is better translated as your reasonable worship slash service or rational worship slash service. That is when you look hard at God's mercy to you, offering yourself to him as the logical, rational, reasonable response. And I love that for a lot of reasons. I love it because I think naturally when we experience God's grace in our lives, there's, there's a lot of emotion that goes along with that. And, and listen, there should be. There should be. I think... I was thinking about this the other day. I think that one of the reasons that we all don't just burst into tears the moment that we come up out of the baptistry, for example, is because we can't fully comprehend the change, the eternal change that has actually taken place in our lives. But I love what we read here because it demonstrates that our call to serve, to offer our lives as living sacrifices, to seek the good of those around us, to seek the good of others ahead of ourselves, it's not something that's only fed by an emotional experience. On some level, we need to recognize that living this way, it's actually the only way that makes sense in light of what has been done for us. That's an incredible thing to think about. And so I'm just going to say it again. This is why all of us, the moment that we accepted Jesus as our Savior, had the call to service placed on our lives. The, the grace of God, the grace of God that we experience, is, it's the only motivation that we need. I was, I was thinking about this. I was praying about this. I was, I was putting the service uh, sermon together uh, in preparation for today. And it, it really just reminded me of, of the words that Jesus speaks in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is with a Pharisee and a woman comes in and she begins to wash Jesus' feet with her own tears and expensive perfume. And the Pharisee, you know, he can't, he can't believe what he's seeing because he thinks that if Jesus knew who this woman was, he wouldn't even let her in the room, let alone let her touch him. And this is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you her sins, and they are many, 
have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. There's a principle in these words that reaches out to you and me today, and we can apply it to the motivation that we have to serve. When we have, I don't know that we're ever going to be able to have a, a, just a full 100% grasp of what the grace of God has done for us, but when we have you know, a deeper understanding of, of what God's grace has done for us. It compels us to love others, to share that grace with others, to serve others, because we have been changed by the grace of God and by the service of God. But if we don't ever think about that, if, if we don't recognize the depths of God's grace in our life, if we don't realize how much we needed the grace of God, then, then our love for others, our, our concern for others, our service for others, it's, it's going to be small, it's going to be shallow, it's going to reflect that. Remember, all any of us are ever going to be called to do is serve Jesus by serving people. So that's the grace of God. That's the motivation that we have. The second thing that we're going to talk about is the gifts of God. The gifts of God. Now, I'm going to say, I said this earlier before we read through our, our passage in Romans 12, and I'm not going to go verse by verse through uh, this section of Scripture. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this point. I'm not going to go verse by verse through this. I'm not going to go gift by gift through this. I'm not going to do that for the sake of time. I'm not going to do that because this is not a complete list of spiritual gifts that we see in Scripture, and I'm not going to do that because, honestly, what I have to say to you today in regards to service, it doesn't really require an in-depth look at these things. So... I apologize if you thought this is where we were going to spend the bulk of our time together today, maybe someday, but not this day. So having said that, I want to say this, and this is the main thing that I want everyone to see when it comes to the gifts of God. We have all been given a gift. We have, all of us, been given a gift We've all been given a set of tools. We've all been given, you know, some sort of talent. Uh, we've all, we all have certain proclivities, you know, whatever words you want to use to describe it. Uh, the main thing to understand is that we have all been equipped by God for service. All of us. There's not a person sitting here today or, or watching this somewhere else, whether uh, even if it's weeks, months, or years from now that someone is watching this, there's not a person who has not been given gifts by God that equip them in some way for service. And I don't know, I think maybe sometimes because, uh, well, maybe sometimes because we don't really want to, or maybe sometimes because we are a little insecure or, or we have some anxiety, uh, you know, maybe we can overthink things. And what, what can happen sometimes is we get a very narrow view of what counts as service and what service in the local church should look like. Remember, I talked uh, a moment ago about how when I hear the word serve or, or think about service, I automatically go to some kind of mission trip, some, something where you travel somewhere and you do work, whether it's, you know, speaking or whether it's some sort of physical labor. That's, that's what I think about. I'm sure that you have different things uh, that you think about as well. But here's the deal. On one hand, on one hand, there's no right or wrong way to serve. Now, I said that I believe that, but I also don't want you to misunderstand me. When you serve, there's, there's plenty of wrong things that you can do. If you've served anywhere for the length of time, you've probably seen people do plenty of boneheaded things. Hopefully not at Mount Pleasant or not too much at Mount Pleasant, but I'm sure we've all got stories. 
What I mean by saying that there's no right or wrong way to serve is that we can't have a narrow view of what counts as service. We can't think, well, service only means volunteering at the impact center on Thursdays, but since I can't do that, I can't really serve. There's no place for me to serve right now. We can't think, well, service you know, only means volunteering with the next gen team on some level, and so you know, since I can't really do that, I don't have time for that, then I can't really serve. You understand what I'm saying? And this is crucial because I really believe, I, I really believe that, that serving is something that we do well here at Mount Pleasant. Now, I'm not saying that like we don't do other things well, and I'm not saying that like we do service perfectly because I don't believe either of those things. But we serve well, and we make an impact through serving our community and through serving one another. And if you go through life, or if you, you know, as an excuse, have a narrow vision of what counts as service and what doesn't count as service, then basically you're going to be missing out. You're going to be sitting on the sidelines while you have all of these different opportunities to get involved and get plugged in. Each one of us has been gifted by God. I love this verse in 1 Peter. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I mean, just, just, just take a moment and look at that. Remember that verse. Uh, because what it does is it, show, it shows us that everyone has been given a gift by God. And we are to use those gifts well. We don't do things just bare minimum. And we're to use our gifts to serve one another. And when I was studying for this message today, I was reading a commentary about that verse in 1 Peter. And I want to share a little bit of what I read. Uh, this is what the commentator wrote. It said, he, he wrote, a special or spiritual gift is a graciously given, supernaturally designed ability granted to every believer by which the Holy Spirit ministers to the body of Christ. And he goes on to say, and I love this because it really speaks to the heart of what we're talking about today. He says, spiritual gifts were used not for the exaltation of the person with the gift, but in loving concern for the benefit of others in the church. When we serve, it's not about us. A lot of times people get nervous or they get anxious when they think about serving. What am I supposed to do? What if I do this wrong? What if I say this wrong? Listen, this is probably not a perfect piece of advice, but I know one that I tell myself time and time again when it comes to different service opportunities is the simple fact that it's not about me. And when I'm all worried about what I'm gonna do and what I'm gonna say and how I'm gonna look, then all of, all of my focus is on me. And when it's all on me, it's not on the people, it's not on the person, it's not on the event, it's not on the opportunity to serve. It's not about us. In the book, Love Your Church, Tony Merida, he also points out the importance of how we serve, which goes back to the motivation that we talked about earlier. He writes, notice the spirit in which we are to use our gifts. Paul mentions generosity, zeal, and cheerfulness. These are the attitudes beneath these actions, for God cares about our hearts and motives and not just our external actions. The bottom line is all of us have been called and gifted to serve. All of us have been called and gifted to serve. Like I said, it's gonna look differently from person to person. There may be seasons where you're really involved in service and seasons where you know, it doesn't happen as often as maybe it used to. But all of us have been called and gifted to serve. So that's the grace of God and the gifts of God. And now what I wanna talk about as we start to wrap things up is glorifying God 
glorifying God. And there are two parts to this. And I'll be real honest with you right now. What I, what I want to say in regards to this topic, it doesn't really come from the book, Love Your Church, that we've drawn so much from today. But when I was putting this together, when I was praying about this, I was just struck by a couple of things. And, you know, the most honest way for me to say it is I just feel like I have to talk to you about them today, okay? First of all, what we need to understand, what we need to remember is that when we serve, we bring glory to God. When we serve, we bring glory to God. On one level, it really is that simple, and that's important for us to recognize. That's important for us to know in our heads because it, we may not always see it or feel it in the moment. There may even be times when we think that our service doesn't matter, that it doesn't make an impact. But the truth is, the truth really is that all service makes an impact and all service matters to God. We need to realize that. And so what I want to do is highlight a couple of aspects about service today before we bring things to a close. And so what we're gonna do is, as I just talked about them like this when I was writing, but I wrote outside impact and inside impact. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the, the impact that service makes on the people that we serve, you know, outside of ourselves. And then after that, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the impact that service makes on us when, when we volunteer, when we serve. So outside impact. I don't know how many of you listening to this today grew up in the church. I don't know how many of you uh, came to faith later in life and because of that came to the church later in life. And the reason uh, that I say that is because if the church is, you know, kind of in a sense all that you know, then the things that we do in church, the elements of what make up a service, for example, uh, they make sense to you or at the very least they are familiar to you, but if you didn't grow up in the church or if you weren't even really exposed to church at all, then maybe uh, much of what happens in a church, it, it, a church service or, or a lot, the life of a faithful Christian, it, it seems kind of odd. I know that's the reality for people outside of the church. Uh, what makes up you know, a faithful Christian life, it doesn't make sense to them. Now, on one level, I, I recognize, and I, I wanna say this because I don't want you to misunderstand me. On one level, I recognize that it's supposed to be that way. I understand that the life of a Christian should be distinct from the life of a non-Christian. I don't want you to think that I'm not saying that. But because much of what we do doesn't make sense to the world, it is important to find ways to engage and impact the world around us in a way that leaves a lasting impression. To engage the people around us in a way that they remember. And I really believe one of one of, if not the primary way that we can do this is through serving. There are so many things. I don't know if we realize this, even though we should, especially with just how much our culture has changed and you know, that's just the natural way that things happen. Uh, but there are so many things that a believer will say or do that just seem ridiculous to someone separated from the grace of God. It just doesn't make sense to them in any way. But when we serve others, when we put others' needs ahead of our own, when we work for the good of everyone around us, regardless of who they are, regardless of the situation that they find themselves in, regardless of how hopeless we might think their situation even is, that glorifies God and that makes a lasting impact on the world around us. We can't ever, can't ever lose sight of that. 
And we have to remember that this is what Jesus did for you and me. You know, when, when, when Jesus looked down at creation, if you want to, to kind of phrase it that way, he didn't say, you know, well, they're doing pretty good. They just need a little help. And so I'll go down and I'll give them a little help and then they'll be able to get on their feet. No, Jesus looked at us and he said, these people are hopeless. And so he came down into our hopeless lives and he became our hope. When we serve those outside of the church, we have this unique opportunity. It creates a unique opportunity that nothing else does to make an impact on our community. And not just so that we can make it a better place or a safer place, but so that we can bring people hope when we serve them, when we prove that they matter to us because of what we do and the time that we give, we have an opportunity to share the hope of Jesus in a way, and maybe a way that, that nothing else gives us an opportunity to do that. And that glorifies God. And the second part of this is the impact that it makes on us when we serve. And this one's really brief. One of the things that I do almost every night when I pray with my wife, Kara, before we go to bed is I pray for God to make us more and more like Jesus. I pray that we'd become more and more like Jesus when it comes to our attitudes, when it comes to our actions, our words, our thoughts, you know, all sorts of things like that. And, and here's the deal. I believe in that prayer. I really do. I, I want to say that before, I'm, uh, before I say what I'm about to say so you don't misunderstand me because I believe in that prayer, but... I recognize that there are many things that Jesus did for people that I'm never gonna be able to do for people. No matter how much like him I strive to be, no matter how much like him I actually become in this life, there are many things that Jesus did that you will never be able to do for people. You and I will never be able to do this for people because we are not Jesus. But you know what Jesus did that all of us can do? He served people. And there are lots of ways that you and I can grow spiritually, that we can grow in our knowledge, that we can grow in our wisdom. But the bottom line is, if you really want to be more like Jesus, if you really want to do the things that Jesus did in your life, one of the simplest things that every single one of us can do is serve others. All any of us are ever going to be called to do is serve Jesus by serving people. That makes an impact on the people that we serve and it makes an impact on us as well. I mean, this is our example from scripture. Look at these verses. Matthew 20, 28, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 23, 11 and 12, the greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Galatians 5.13, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. There's great joy in serving. There's great joy in having a servant's heart and serving always makes an impact. It always makes an impact. Don't ever forget that. And if you want to find out more about ways you can serve here, go out in the commons, talk to one of the volunteers, scan that code, find out what you can do. 
You can volunteer here at this campus. You can volunteer at the Impact Center. You can get involved in one of our Impact campuses. There's lots of different ways you can get plugged in. But never forget that we are motivated by the grace of God that we have experienced. And never forget that every single one of you, every single one of us has been gifted by God with the ability to serve in some way. And we can't have a narrow vision of what that looks like and pigeonhole things so that we always find ourselves on the outside looking in. And always know that we bring glory to God when we serve. I want to close just by reading the words of Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40 to you. As soon as I'm done reading, I'm going to pray. Uh, the band can come out and get ready to play. Decision counselors can come forward and we'll, we'll close out our time together that way. This is Jesus talking about the end of all things. And this is what we read. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the impact that service has made on our lives. And thank you for the fact that when we think about service, first and foremost, we go to your son, Jesus, taking on that very nature of a servant. Thank you, Lord, for the motivation that his grace gives us. I pray, God, that we would honestly look at our lives and see how deep of an understanding we have for that. And that we would be changed, that we would be pushed, that we would be moved by that grace. Help us to embrace the gifts that you have given us and help us to recognize the glory that we bring you when we serve. We love you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay.